Hello. My name is Dracula, and I listen to New Game Old Flame. And you should listen to before I suck all your blood out. Hello everyone, it should be Saturday 29th of October 2022 and a spooky Halloween time. But God knows when this episode is coming out because we are a bit late. Today is very cold in England, I'm here joined by Diego as usual. Hello everyone. And Wido, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> this episode was going to be a Halloween episode, and this gives me though the opportunity to ask you guys how was Halloween in your countries. Diego, did you do anything in particular? Um, not much more than actually watching a couple of things with uh, my wife, mostly because my kids are still a little bit too young for spooky movies, and uh, they typically run away <laughs> when we turn <laughs> one of those on. Uh, but um, I, I think we started a new series called, that's a very good question. I tend to always forget the titles of things I watch until after I watch a few episodes. Uh, something like Archive 81, if I remember. Oh, that's an old one, isn't it? I think I, something similar I watched. Go on. Well, that's a good question. I didn't even check uh, when it was released. Is it new or not? But anyway, it's... um. It looks to be a mystery story, creepy, but it was a um, very good choice for Halloween nights this week. And uh, now I think we obviously want to see the whole of it. So let, let's see how it goes. Cool. But no, no trick-or-treating over there in Finland. We were visited only by a couple of little kids once. It's not like a very traditional thing, but uh, as in probably every other European country, eventually it made its way here also from the USA. So there are kids going around here and there. But not yours? No. Oh, no. okay. They're probably a little bit too old already. Yeah, yeah, that's right. My kids go around still. <laughs> But also here in England, there's adults going around, not adults, but like really grown up kids with some costumes on and they still go knocking at the houses and getting loads and loads of sweets. My kids came home with two buckets full to the brim. Nice. Is that something that it's also not traditional for England, right? Oh, I think it's very traditional for England. To do Halloween? Oh, I thought yes. that was like a really uh, American thing. To keep in mind, I've I've came here like 10 years ago, so... I only know the recent history, yeah? So I don't know mm. if this has been imported from the US uh, earlier. And I, I don't know. I didn't grow here, so I don't know. Yeah, and, and in the Netherlands, in some neighborhoods, it's really big. In some neighborhoods, it's it's not. And I, I didn't grow up on uh, Halloween. We have something similar called Sint Maarten, which is in uh, the 10th of November, I think. And But it's not dressing up. It's like just going... Uh, to all the doors uh, asking for candy and sing a little song. It's a li little bit more uh, uh, like Christmas. Calm. No, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
but but we do in this our neighborhood we have uh, Halloween. But uh, yeah, my son uh, went around and uh, got some candy out of it. But yeah, it's it's really calm. It's not very huge uh, here. So, uh, but I I I play Halloween themed or a little bit spooky themed games when uh, when uh, when it's October because to get sort of into the vibes of of this season but that's all i do so so you're getting basically slowly you're absorbing the the halloween spirit that wasn't native to the netherlands right but yeah you, you always get the halloween vibes in october because yeah we also imported it so if you watch uh, tv there's always halloween themed stuff and also it's get it gets darker earlier so yeah you don't go to do spooky stuff in the middle of summer so it's like now <laughs> yes. it's the time when it's getting dark then you think oh then now it's the time to do to play spooky games or watch a little bit more scary shows in italy there's also the day of the dead giorno dei morti i think i don't remember exactly when what day is and diego you'll be better at this than me and i think also in um in the spanish cultures as well they have los dios de la muerte and it's all it's all about this time of the year, isn't it? I, I think it, it wasn't that yesterday, the first of uh, I think November. It's, um, I think it's today in Italy. Oh, ha! Huh. That okay. is usually the All Saints Day, first of November, and All Dead's Day on second. But it's not really a celebration. It's a um, time of mourning. Oh. It's uh It's typically just about going to visit graveyards and uh, maybe have an extra visit to the church but mostly it's it's a somber day not a day of partying the halloween of usa is a completely different idea that tries to make fun of the theme of death so as to a, as a sort of cathartic moment if i may say and uh, Probably also the Dia de la Muerte in uh, in Mexico is about the same thing. It's it's a way to exorcise death, so to stay in theme with today's game, so to speak. But in Italy, it's it's um it's another another thing. But and it's maybe, always relating with uh, people who have died, isn't it? Yes, there must be some common origin of the two. But it's also one reason, in my opinion, why there are also many people in Italy who aren't very keen on Halloween. Because, mm, because they've got uh, their own. Not because we got our own, but because our own it has a completely different atmosphere. And maybe they feel they feel like a threat to that atmosphere. They want this day to be not jolly, but serious, more introspective and serious. And I think it's got quite a resistance in Italy. The the fact that Halloween became also common over there, the American one, I mean. So When I used to live in Italy, I remember I, I thought that people were never going to come and knock at my door to and do a trick or treat. So they caught me and prepared. And I remembered that I didn't have any sweets, so I gave them a jar of honey because I didn't have anything else in the house. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you can but, just do the choose the trick, right? Uh, I always wonder what happens when uh, when I do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> they tried. don't do anything here. They no, they're not allowed. Oh, but but also in American TV or something, 
I never saw the trick part of the trick or treating. I, well, I think I saw it in a movie once, and they were throwing eggs on a house. Oh wow! I don't know, but um, <laughs> might be mistaken there. We have to find out. Maybe we'll uh, ask our uh, uh, American uh, co-host. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll ask Mark when he comes back. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't make it for this episode. He was very busy. Hopefully, he can come on at a later time on a different episode. But uh, just to close this up, so we just established that we've got it in Italy and Mexico. So yours that you're talking about, Guido, is that relating to death as well? The Saint Martin? Yeah. No, that's uh, some kind of religious person. Honestly, I, I don't really know what it is about because I think it's a Catholic thing. Oh, but right. uh, in my upbringing, I, I never uh, did Saint Martin thing. But I know in other cities they did, and yeah, so it's something traditional. But I never did it in my youth, so I only see it now when I, I move to Utrecht, where I live. There, it's a really big thing because he's like the saint of Utrecht or something. I don't know. It's just uh, yes, Saint Martin. Um, yeah, maybe there's. It's also uh, a religious person in other uh, countries. Yeah, we have Saint San Martino, don't we? In Italy, oh, and I it's think probably it's, the uh, same guy. <laughs> moving on, I don't know what you've guys been doing Diego have you been doing anything in particular uh, well I've been traveling so that meant not much time for gaming also uh, I did manage just before the travel to to find a couple of very cheap second-hand additions so to speak to my <laughs> gaming rigs and they were all related about multiplayer you already know that I'm a huge fan huge fan of any multiplayer option for everything even though i grew up as a single child as an only child so i mostly played by myself in my youth maybe because of that nowadays i really always look forward options to play with my kids or friends or whoever even wife if she feels like hmm. and uh, i i just stumbled upon a couple of re really cheap additions one of them is actually a, a steering wheel. So, okay, hardware editions. Yeah, yeah, definitely okay. hardware editions. Well, I'm not even a typical fan of driving games. Okay. With one big exception, which is the Gran Turismo series. Oh. That for some reason, that game always, since the very first episode for the first PlayStation, always, always hit my attention for some reason. I kind of think it might have been because of its realism and of the fact that it had real cars that you see on the street and not just some uh, uh, super fancy Formula One car, which of course it's cool, but never feels real enough to me. But anyway, I, I already actually had a steering wheel for that. So it's going to be that's typically our Christmas gaming. Always, for some reason, at Christmas, we pop out. Gran Turismo 6 is my favorite oh. for play, PlayStation 3. So you so got the, two steering wheels for the PlayStation 3? Yeah. Okay. Not very high-end. Two pedals uh, and not the real full uh, gear switching. Uh, gear. The gears. Stick shift. Uh, or... Stick shift. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> so it's not a real stick shift. It just goes up and down. So you change to the higher or lower gear. 
and it only has two pedals. But I think it's it's a very good one. I think, generally speaking, Logitech makes good controllers. It also works on PC. And this one was like 10 bucks. Oh. I think, the, <laughs> I don't know, it, it was really, really nothing. So I say, well, I can't pass this one because... But these were it, a lot more expensive when they're new, probably. Yeah, it, it was never like a prohibitive price. I think maybe they used to be 80 100 bucks maybe when they were really new models but uh i I really look forward to play this now in two people and i even built some simple contraption of my own to (laughs) fit these on on our how how do you call that soft chairs oh my god i'm I'm forgetting my english tonight (laughs) not the sofa but the individual soft chairs yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. like good fun. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I can remember that I had one of these driving wheels when I was younger, and it it makes like uh, racing games a whole uh, another thing. It's like so different to play it with a, a racing wheel instead of a controller, and suddenly it's really fun to play stuff like uh, V Rally or something or like rally racing cars or stuff like that. But I, I yeah. never liked the really realistic racing games. I don't know if you guys have ever tried uh, VR driving games. I think those uh, are pretty cool, but uh, I've tried ones, but it gives me motion sickness. Yeah, I, I think that is the thing I'm most afraid with VR. I know I had similar effect a little bit when I tried, so I can imagine that if it's even driving, then combining the two can be uh, more risky. Yeah. I never even tried uh, VR uh, in anything, but I think driving could be okay because you sit uh, at your desk or something and you also sit in the car, so it's not that strange for your brain maybe. Uh, but uh, like I said, I never experienced VR, so I really don't know how my brain will react to anything uh, with VR goggles. I tried VR on like first-person shooters and stuff like that, and it took me a while to get used to it. But So after a while, I was okay with that. With driving, I could not get used to it. For some reason, driving for me is completely different and much worse than any other game. That's something I would, I would really like to try that, but... Uh... Immediately when you say that, the first image that came to my mind is uh, controlling the car and doing a curve on either side, turning, and not having the feeling of, you know, sideways centrifugal acceleration. Yeah, that's what's missing. And uh, I kind of think that motion sickness more or less is the result of your eyes seeing something that doesn't match with your inner ear. Your eyes will tell you that you are turning left and maybe even quite fast. And then you won't get the feeling from your ears because you are not really turning. So what what happens to your brain in that case? Well, I just thought it was quite funny that, that driving is worse than moving by foot. That, yeah, that's all. because... Yeah, like I said, I, I would expect that you, when you're sitting 
in the game and sitting for real life, then like the the things are more or less the same. Well, if you're walking in a game and you're sitting on a, in a de- while you're sitting in a desk, on a de- then your brain is super confused. <laughs> All right, um, Diego. Anything else? Well, this is maybe it's going to sound a little bit insane. I think I'm getting even more nerdy with age, but big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because well during the trip i was away from gaming of course and my kids were also away from gaming besides a few apps on their mobile phones but not even that much so we kind of started to look into something called marine traffic oh god that's basically uh, a website for monitoring and or tracking ships around the globe you can see easily 90% of the vehicles around the whole globe. I think they also have a staggering amount of data available for each ship. It's just a website that shows... Yeah, yes. I really feel a huge nerd because of it. Good. So, Wido, what have you been doing? I've mainly been playing a lot of games uh, lately. Uh, I've had an insane backlog and i want to beat as much uh, games as possible and if i can i want to play them on stream but i mainly uh, played a lot of cube escape games do you know them i do not Uh, i think i do oh yeah they're uh, part of rusty lake series and they're made by dutch developers as well there are uh, escape room kind of games which is sort of first-person adventure game where you click on items and solve escape room-like puzzles. Oh, cool. And it's all inspired uh, by uh, by Twin Peaks, uh, so it gives kind of vibes of that. Yeah, they're just really good fun to play on your uh, mobile phone, but also you can also play them on Steam. Yeah, a lot of them are also free, so... And very much on theme with Halloween, I would say. Yeah, yeah, they're always on PC. Kind of scary. Yeah, you can play them they, on PC as well. I uh, I played all the free ones, at least. I think I played them all, actually, the free ones. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, there's like uh, maybe 10 uh, free free ones, uh, and they call the Cube Escape Collection. And uh, I've played them all as well, and now today released a new game from them which is called uh, past within and that's a co-op only game so you have to play it online with someone else okay mm-hmm. that's interesting so i'm super excited for that to play that tomorrow or uh, uh i first have to find uh, someone who wants to play it with me because i don't have people around me who like uh, uh escape room games but uh apparently diego does <laughs> hey you've got uh, some company yeah. now yeah <laughs> Good they stuff. Are Android, right? Uh, I I bought it for uh, for Steam, but you, it's also oh, okay, on Android, right, right. and it's uh, crossplay uh, as far as I understand. So um, I think the campaign is two hours, and you play one person plays the past, and one plays the future, and you have to work together. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, beat it, then you can swap uh, position and someone else could play the, the future role and the other 
the past rule and then you have a sort of new story so i think it's like four hours of content in the game looks super cool uh i think that's a theme in uh, more than one of their episodes the time split so that uh, some things happen in the past and something happens in the present. But I don't remember the title right now because there were so many episodes. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane and it's a pretty long running series now. Yeah, but it's very, very, very creepy in my opinion. There was one that uh, was almost disturbing. It's more unsettling and... than creepy, I think. It's yeah, like sort that... of tension uh, in, in the room. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe a better word, yes. I like the one inspired by Van Gogh. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I, I would recommend everybody. It's it's like the most of them are free and just install it on your phone or on Steam and just uh, try it out. Like every game takes maybe an hour or maybe two. And, uh, God, okay. And just, uh, pretty long. Yeah, but you can just uh, stop playing uh, in the middle of it and oh, right. figure oh, something yeah, out okay. later. And some puzzles you really need to think about, and sometimes you really need like to put it away and go back later and play it uh, then, and then suddenly you know the solution. And it's it's really uh, yeah, it looks a little bit like flash games because I think they are originated from flash games, so it's not super nice graphics or something, but. Uh, the atmosphere and the, and the puzzles are just very good so really recommend it cool thank you very much for me I've been finishing my computer that I've been building I've talked about it loads um, so I bought this computer in order to play some old retro games uh, especially the Monkey Island series and I've got it hooked up with a Roland uh, so when I was a kid I, I used to always wonder what the Roland was I had no idea no one ever explained to me no one knew what it was now I've got one at home and I've managed to hook it up but it was a very long job to get this computer up and running should have been working and uh, ready to go but then I had to change some (laughs) parts inside add some RAM and uh, I think the the power supply went so I had to buy another power supply anyways I ended up washing it all in the dishwasher drying it put it all back together put the new paste on the, the processor get a new uh, cd-rom get a cf reader and oh, it's been a very long journey and then hooking it up and and making it work with the, the um, with the roland has been an incredible feat but it's not finished like uh, i've still got some software stuff to sort out but it's very good and booting up Monkey Island, the original one with the with Roland, is really very nostalgic for me. And um, it is beautiful, still still beautiful. I I think it still holds up to, to nowadays uh, standards. I think. What kind of machine is it? Is it a DOS? It's machine? yes, it's a very old DOS machine. Uh, it's a it's first Pentium. So. One of oh, um, then you I, can run Quake, my favorite game. <laughs> yes, well, well, yes, it does. In fact, I think I've got Quake as well on it. I have um, a lot of old adventures mainly on it. And probably the, the next game we're going to talk about as well. I'm going to try it on that machine. But it's really, really nice experience. Wing Commander is another one that I really like. I've got two working spectrums instead of one now. So I finished repairing those. Um, and I can load games on them. So the next game that we can talk about on the Spectrum, I'm going to try it on the real hardware, which is going to be 
really amazing. That's always the best to play it on uh, real hardware, I think. It's, yeah. Uh, it gives you the, like, like the proper retro vibes. Yes, but man, is it hard every time I want to play something. Because of how we structured our show... <laughs> every time it's a different platform i need to fetch the machine if it's not working i had to, I, I try i scramble to try and get it to work and repair it but i get it too late and then it's another machine and then dreamcast and it, it was just like oh my god it's very nice but so time consuming <laughs> really that, that's why i bought a mister yes um i did think about that you know because oh, the, the amount of trouble i go through is just nuts but I won't. I won't give in for now. I will try and uh, hold out. <laughs> well, as soon as you, uh, as you have a Mister, then you uh, then you're thinking about selling all your old stuff because it basically is the same uh, experience. If you hook it up on a CRT, then you're suddenly yeah playing the real thing for it, for your feeling. Especially if you hook up with the same controller or something. Mm. Uh, but for example, it does, I think, uh, I, I don't think it does Pentium. It does like uh, 486, but that's the highest it can do for PC. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get in trouble if you want something more out of it. But they are also working on a PlayStation. The PlayStation Core is there. It's really good. Uh, Saturn is coming out. Uh, hopefully, uh, it's, it's being worked on. It's yeah, maybe in the future. Amazing. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on it, and uh, it depends how it goes in the future. I might, I might have a, a think about buying myself one as well. Currently, I use an emulator, but uh, well, I don't know. In the rare cases where I don't have the machine ready, but yeah. Have you been playing any games? Uh, I played a pretty a, a lot of uh, games which fit the show more. Two of them are old Game Boy or are Game Boy games. Okay, uh, I, I know you like Game Boy, especially, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm a Game Boy collector, so uh, nice. especially the old uh, Grayscale uh, DMG uh, Game Boy models. Yeah, yeah. Two of them are like the, the old proper gray uh, Game Boy games, but they're uh, made recently. Uh, one of which was The Bouncing Ball, which is released in 2015. It's it's a really basic game, but it's really fun. It's a side-scrolling platformer-ish game, but you yeah. are a literally a bouncing ball. So it keeps bouncing, and the only thing you have to do is steer that bouncing ball through dangerous mazes with spiky platforms and stuff like that, and steer it to a heart icon, if I remember correctly. And then you beat the level, and then you go to the next level, and I think it's like... 30 levels or something and it gets harder and harder and uh it's a really nice uh, game to play for like half an hour and then it's done i think okay and uh, another one which released really recently is cryohazard that's more of a horror game so it also fits the team and that's i think more i've seen this one yeah it's it's um, a first person point and click yeah adventure game yeah you have to click all kinds of uh, things and plays a little bit like that laser this game oh uh, like dragon's lair yeah and stuff like, like dragon's that. lair yeah. yeah yeah i'm with you so, uh, a bit more like a uh, adventure game but there's a lot of places where you suddenly die because of you touch something which which wasn't good and yeah. uh, so there's a lot of trial and, er- trial and error in it but it also gives a little bit more suspense to it 
Are these free to play or are they... Yeah, they both are free. Uh, you can just download them uh, from Itch, I think. Cool. And that Cryohazard is really new and it has really like really nice artwork for like four uh, grayscale uh, colors. And also, yeah, it has a really mysterious atmosphere. And, but be aware that you die a lot. <laughs> I'll definitely try that one. I think I've seen it once uh, and it looks intriguing. There are some adventures on the Game Boy that look really nice. I remember a couple of screens and I think, ooh, that, that looks cool. Now you tell me I have to start every time from scratch. I'm not sure. <laughs> but And, and also, uh, I played uh, Minecart Madness, by the way. Oh, um, yes, I know about that. Yeah, that I think that released yesterday or something. That's yeah. uh, the new game by uh, Matt Hewson. And yeah. he made it for the NESDEF compo. So it's like a, a, a small game. I think it's like six levels. So it's more like a demo. How is it? Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit like... Do you know that minecart stages from uh, Donkey Kong Country? Yes, I do. I, I played that. I finished that all. <laughs> those are really tedious. But uh, you actually... It plays a bit like those minecart stages. But you play... A character in a single screen platform game and you you move around in a minecart and you can jump with the minecart okay. and you can also break it down a little so it goes a little bit slower and it, every level is more like a puzzle uh where you, yeah because you have to time everything so you don't hit boulders and uh and you have to collect all the diamonds in the stage to beat that stage and you have to, there's also a timer in the game which counts down. Uh, and you have to beat the whole game within that time. So you have to, uh, there's no lives or anything. So you can retry all the time, but the time will be ticking down. So if you want to see everything, you have to be good. It's a really fun little game to learn. And it could be a lot more if if Matt uh, decides to do more with it, like make it 100 levels like Witch and Wiz, and uh, maybe throw in some extra mechanics. And I think it could be a really cool game. Yeah, you can have the mechanics where all the, the screen flips around or stuff like that. And, uh, imagine yeah. that. and yeah, then you, you fall can down. Maybe recycle those, uh, <laughs> some of those. Uh, he recycled some sounds from Witch and Wiz uh, oh. uh, in, that, in the Minecart Madness, I uh, noticed. But yeah. It was also, I think they got a month or something to make it. Yeah, Matt Hewson, eh? he's, he's just, what, what a turnaround. He was saying last time, we were asking, oh, when's your next game? Oh, I don't know. And then, pop, in a month, <laughs> there it is. game. Yeah, so uh, also free to download and uh, check it out. And uh, it's part of a lot of games which released for the NES Dev Compo. So there's a really big repository of new NES games. <laughs> Uh, out there on itch and uh, it's really cool to check all those uh, little demos out and uh, see what every everybody else did I, yep. I, I didn't try yet uh, but yeah there's probably a lot of stuff in there and uh, also I noticed today there is something similar which is the N64 brew game jam yeah I saw <laughs> that too yeah. yeah and also that uh, released I think for Halloween so the, I think the team was Halloween and there's uh, also a lot of games on homebrew games for Nintendo 64 which I didn't know that existed so 
I really want to check that out as well. Yeah, by all means, there's so much stuff. And he, here's another idea. Let's have a, an episode where we we, we judge the games <laughs> of a combo. <laughs> that would be funny. I don't know. There's so much stuff coming out. Yeah, so it would be cool to, to be able to go through all these. Uh, I'll have a gander and see what, what I think is, is cool there. Yeah. Diego, what... Uh, what news do you have? News in general. Well, since last time, I think that the main news that caught my eyes was the discontinuation of Google Stadia, which is now announced to pretty much end completely in January after only three years. Oh. And uh, it's also been announced that, uh, a bit surprisingly, in my opinion, but they will uh, Google will completely refund players who bought games. Well, that makes sense, okay, because probably those games will won't, won't be accessible anymore. But they will also refund uh, those who bought the controllers. And oh, I was a bit surprised about that because, yeah. well, I'm not sure, but can it not work outside of Stadia? Yeah, I, you know? I, 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 uh, I, I try to find that, uh, but it does work, but only cabled. So you can hook it up on your PC, but okay. you can't use it wireless. So, uh, and people are like trying to petition to uh, Google that they open it up so it can use regular Bluetooth. But now it's still just only USB cable. But <laughs> I'm actually looking for a, uh, a controller uh, because I heard there are really amazing controllers. And I thought, yeah, uh, everybody got them for free and uh, they probably don't have use uh, for it anymore. And I thought m maybe I can try to get one <laughs> from somebody who just has sitting, sitting around or something. Would be cool. Well, on, on my part, I've always been interested in the Google Stadia idea, but never got around to to buying it, the controller or any game. And probably now I regret I didn't because uh, it turns out to be free. But I, I must say that... <laughs> you, would, you're always the same. Yeah, but I, was, I must say that if if I had bought it, I would rather keep it and have it opened up, as you said, to use over Bluetooth rather than getting a refund. I think it's, uh, it would be, yeah, I would find it more valuable than the refund itself if, if I could keep using it for some, for some, with some other games. But I didn't know that there was this um, limitation. Yeah, it's a pretty stupid limitation. Maybe someone will eventually jailbreak it or mm -hmm. something and hack it so it maybe it will be compatible with uh, pc but it's only time will tell mm. so have neither of you tried stadia no i haven't and no, uh, i even don't know anyone who has despite me asking around for example at work many times but uh, i haven't uh, i haven't really met anyone who has tried it and um, I always thought that um, the idea was very interesting. Well, it had two different purposes. One of them was the idea of subscribing to a service that had lots of games available instead of buying individual games. 
and uh, that could be of course very good if you are the kind of player who likes to play a little bit with a lot of games but not so good if you are a player dedicated to just a few favorite games but um, this wasn't necessary to my understanding you could also not get subscription but buy single games from their catalog i thought it was both so you have you had the subscription to to play it in 4k and if you didn't pay subscription you play you paid you only could play in 1080p i think but you always had to buy the games. I, that's what I understand. Okay, okay. So you, you just have to pay full price, like 60 euros for, for a game you, it's, which is running on Google server. Yeah. Which, yeah, and you don't have ownership of it. Uh, I, I always thought that this is really, that the payment model is really broken there, over there. And I always thought, I'm not going to pay 60 euros for a game I... I couldn't even reach when the server goes down, and well, voila, they they are good. They're gone now. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least they refunded it. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the second side of it uh, for me was more interesting. To be honest, the idea that you would essentially be just getting streaming of the game running on a server, but that's because at least in my case, uh, in recent years, I have kind of got really tired of uh, all the uh, GPU meals, like always having to replace the GPU with a better one. And um, I thought that uh, particularly because I didn't have much time to, to really invest in gaming uh, on some high-end game, But uh, there were still games I wanted to try, such as Baldur's Gate 3, for example. That was my biggest interest in their whole catalog. But I, did, I wouldn't want to just now once again upgrade my GPU to get a decent uh, video out of it. Mm. And the idea that maybe the streaming would finally free me from this... Um, dependence on my hardware was something I was looking forward. But as you say, I th still think that a lot of people value ownership. And I'm still, for example, I still prefer having games on CD even than just uh, downloading them, even though it's okay, you download them from Steam or Epic on your own machine. But Well, I always worried, what if one day something happened to my account? And uh, having a physical support always made me more safe. Yeah, yeah. I'm also, I also always want physical hardware. But for modern games, the physical uh, hardware, uh, physical software uh, argument doesn't hold up anymore because when you put on yeah. in a CD, uh, a CD now in your PlayStation 5, for example, It will install from the disk and then downloads like half of the game from the internet. Because we live where we live, we don't have usually data caps. But in the US, there's data caps, I think, everywhere. So even if you buy your internet like you've got it at home, uh, it comes with a data cap. So once you've reached that data cap, 
you can't play anymore. And if everything's streaming and if everything is downloading, then it kind of becomes very difficult. So I've got an Xbox One S and I install games like yourselves. One that took six hours or I, I had to leave it overnight. It was Gears of War, me and Matt Euston again. <laughs> Gears of War 4. And it was downloading a huge amount of data. So imagine people who have data caps on their internet connections and uh, if they spend most of it uh, downloading a game, uh, it doesn't make, uh, it's still not viable enough, you know. I think that's one of the troubles that also killed Stadia is that a lot of people are metered connections. So they, they go and then if everything's is streaming in 4K, that's a lot of data that goes every time. Yeah, and okay. uh, also you have to have a really stable internet, uh, probably. I, I, I have never tried it, but I can imagine it will be laggy or maybe artifacting or stuff like that will happen if your internet connection isn't good enough. Because there was a rush for a lot of companies to get into this, Microsoft has did jump on the bandwagon here as well, on the wagon, I don't know how you say in English, but you know, they jumped on the same a hype of creating it so again on my xbox one s if you've got game pass ultimate which uh, costs i don't remember how much you can actually stream them without downloading so they've got that service here now discord was very generous and gave me one of these passes and i've tried exactly this uh, stream gaming and my experience with it even if i had quite a good connection was that mainly it works and it's quite responsive. I'm not a pro gamer, so I'm very slow and I don't see the lag in, in the emulators. So I'm really geriatric, <laughs> you know. But it seemed to work well. Over the cutscenes and sometimes during the game, there was screen tearing. That's all I could see as a, as a downside to it, to be fair. But the rest worked pretty well, in my opinion, when I, when I tried it on, on Windows, uh, sorry, on the Xbox One S. All right, that sounds promising. But do you have, uh, if we can ask, do you have fiber connection at home? When I tried it, I didn't. When I tried it, I had the normal broadband connection, not the fiber to premise. So okay. it's only recently that I've got the fiber to premise before I even tried that. So it was working on a 60 megabit download or something like that. In 4K? Yeah, that's not, not, even that, not in that 4K, reader, not in 4K. Just that it was just 1080. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah. That, but. I ask because I think that maybe even more important than uh, than the general bandwidth or speed available might be the the response time and I think that fiber connections have a much shorter response time than traditional landline based like uh, phone line based ADSL or things like that or even the the 5G connections and um, at least around here, more and more people are getting fiber connections uh, all the time. So it, it should work pretty well, this streaming idea. I mean, but, I uh, think it, it, does, it wasn't the generally. only thing, right? Um, I, I mean, I, I still heard online uh, a lot more talking about the catalog being not that attractive. Yeah, obviously so, there's that as well. Mm, so I'm not, not sure really what was the, the biggest cause of uh, downfall for the idea, but... I think there was just also not a lot of hype or even... I, I don't think Google even tried to 
really to promote this stuff. It yeah. was like it was just there and it was just uh, thrown o- online and uh, and just like oh uh, yeah, it's it's a service and uh, if you want it, uh, take it and if you don't, then not and yeah. we never promote it any- anymore. It's oh, just uh, yeah, You're just right. not uh, You're really so a right. passion or something. <laughs> I definitely think that Google sucks at being dedicated at what they do. I mean, besides the main thing that they do, what they were born to do, but it's a huge company with uh, a lot of funds and they take up uh, huge projects that cost a lot of money, but they often don't seem like they're even interested in them to succeed. And they drop them like they drop, for example, Google Glass. I, I've never seen them. I, I can't judge how good or bad they were, but I think they were very ahead of their times with Google Glasses. And I still think one day in the future, these things will will make the, a lot more hype and maybe we will all have some smart glasses at some point, like we have smartphones. They were too early, but also they, as you say, they just did something without promoting, without in believing it. But they're testing, right? So they're testing the stuff. That's why they're not promoting it. That's why they're not marketing it, because it's not ready. So I think the problem they had as well, again, with the data caps, was trying to get the stream as good as it could be with the least amount of data and trying then to get the catalog. There's a lot of stuff that I don't think it's just because they suck at promoting. I think there's a lot of other reasons behind the scenes which made mm-hmm. them think, here, we, we, we'll be enabled to make money. And so they dropped it for that reason before. If they, I think if they actually find something that works and it's feasible, oh, they will promote it. Like I'm sure that they have the capability of promoting stuff. Sure, but yeah, maybe they just tried it for the technology they, they probably will do something with the technology eventually but uh, maybe they're not just big believers of uh, the gaming uh, audience or something i think the tech's not not there yet it's not they can't do it with a current system in place i think i i've tried streaming so i've got i can in fact do that um so i can play games on my tv in, in the in the lounge living room whoop, uh, and stream them from my laptop here and they work really well yeah i do that as well with steam link uh like my pc is in the attic and uh it's a pretty beefy pc and i play it uh, downstairs uh, on my main tv i play uh all kinds of games which normally you play on console and i'm, I'm actually planning to sell my playstation 4 pro because I never use it anymore. I play everything on Steam and it runs better than uh, PlayStation. So why not? Yeah, cool. Um, Diego, do you have anything else to add? Maybe the last small thing I noticed in this past few days is that uh, GOG, Great Old Game Galaxy, has also landed on Epic Games, which is a bit weird because, in my opinion, that is also a standalone, uh, basically, game browser and launcher for GOG, Great Old Game Games. And if I remember right, it already had an integration with Epic so that you could see your Epic 
games on GOG Galaxy. And now instead you can uh, launch GOG Galaxy from Apex. So it's kind of confusing perhaps a little <laughs> bit. But uh, um, well, I tried it up and I didn't have it before. And um, now I was pleasantly su- surprised at the amount of demos that they have there. So I think I'm going to use it a little bit to explore GOG games by trying many demos so not a bad addition for me at least at least it, it took my attention to something I, I didn't know was there so does it when you install that in epic does it install the games of gog in epic or does it just launch the gog launcher when you uh, open it in epic yeah, that's a good question. I, I went only as far as just installing the Galaxy and open it up either from Epic or standalone. And then I merely browsed the catalog and uh, uh, downloaded my first bunch of demos to try out, which I'll probably mention in some future episode if I notice anything that's really worth exploring but i didn't try to synchronize the two so that i would have everything in epic so i'm not sure it will do that i i have to try what i do is that i have all those launchers and then i i mainly use steam so uh i install the games uh in the um, for example the epic game launcher or the the GOG launcher, and then I in Steam I add the game by hand, just like uh, with a sort of link you can make uh, from a non-Steam game. And actually, I can play that game uh, via Steam Link on on my TV uh, oh, as well. Awesome. So I didn't know that okay. it's really really nice. And but you have to do everything by hand, and you don't know what you have anymore because. <laughs> One game is in uh, Amazon Prime launcher, the other is the other is in GOG, and I even have the itch.io launcher. Oh my god, sounds yeah. nice. Yeah, so I try to put everything in Steam so I remember what I have. And also I try to only buy games on Steam because it's just crazy. <laughs> but there are so many free hands out handout games on Epic and also on GOG, so I keep yes. getting those, but I don't think I ever bought anything on those stores. <laughs> but I have a lot of games in those uh, launchers because of they give them away for free. Yeah, I think I, I started using Epic originally because they, they always had freebies and of pretty good games, not just games that uh, nobody wanted to buy. And I, I still think that my best ever free game I got was uh, Overcooked or Overcooked. <sighs> <laughs> and I got it from Epic and uh, wow, I think that that game is one of the funniest game I've ever played. It's definitely for multiplayer once again, mm-hmm. but uh, I, Have I you also played play. Moving Out? No. Uh, that's a sort of follow-up uh, where you don't cook, but you have to uh, move uh, furniture into a, into a ship, shipping truck or something and uh, and you also have to uh, work together. So one, you for example, you can't lift the couch in, on your own. So you have to have another body and right. uh, stand on each side of the couch and try to navigate through uh, 
to a house with that couch because there's always those weird angles where you have to fit it through. And also you can just throw it through the window if you want. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> okay, okay. Good tip. I haven't tried that. But um, and yeah, as I said, uh, the overcooked games are huge fun to play with. If you have at least three people, I think that's really, really crazy because of you, you have to interact with each other. It's really cooperative in the purest sense of the word. And well, that was my, my first ever game on Epic because at some point it was free. And and since there, it, it, it made me discover many other things. I was going to say that I have discovered um, probably an old game, but it's called Cosmic Force for the C64. So this game is a bit of a, a shoot 'em up kind of game. I did have a look at it very briefly, and it's uh, quite original and quite bold in its uh, trying to do three things, like three games in one. It's uh, it comes in a physical format as well. I don't remember if it's free or not. I think you can buy the um, physical copies of it, but you can also download it for free, if I recall correctly. It proposes a game like a shoot 'em up in three different perspectives. One in like a Galaxian perspective, a bit like Alien Invaders. So when the aliens coming down and you have to shoot them, with a nice addition that you can get extra weapons and bombs and bonus points, there are bonus levels. Then after that you get maybe a level with like a defender, so where you go left to right rather than top to bottom, and it scrolls and you can, you're always shooting these enemies before they land. Uh, and again, there you can get more bonuses and different weapons for that as well. And then the most notable effort they've made is try to make it in a, like a 3D shooter, which uh, you kind of drive this uh, spaceship, the crosshair, and you have to kill and destroy these spaceships that comes towards you from different directions. And it's the first time I've seen something like that on on a Commodore 64, and I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know how the, the playability is for that. I don't think in that specific game mode the enemies actually shoot you, but you have to just shoot them, and again, there's always these same bonuses, um, weapons and stuff. But it seems like a pretty cool game. I'd have to try it a bit further, but I thought I'd mention that because it's the first time I see like a 3D tentative on the Commodore 64. That machine is just incredible. People do everything with it cool and uh, is that all in one level or is it like every level is a different perspective uh, it, it kind of goes around so i think it goes first the um, the top down the, the alien invaders the galaxian style then the defender then the 3d and then it starts over with a new colony basically and you have to go through the different colonies and and free them basically hmm, interesting well that could be uh, and it's, it's it's just newly developed i don't know so Currently, we don't really know when <laughs> we see games. I, we discover games. I discover something that I haven't seen and I mention it. It might be really old, but uh, I, I, it's, it's certainly post-Commodore 64. Oh, I see um, I'm on our Kickstarter now. Yeah. The, the I think, last yeah. update is in uh, 2020, so it's a two-year-old yeah. game. But yeah. Sounds fun. I'll, uh, I'm not so familiar with this Commodore 64, only that it has a lot of nice uh, music. So uh, <laughs> Yes. I it's hope it has amazing. a nice soundtrack as well, and uh, I fully expect it as well. So I'll try uh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do so, do so. And then 
I found another another exciting game for the NES called Pure Power, and it just looks amazing. So I really encourage everyone to have a look at that game. It's called Pure Power, like P O P I O Power, and it's made by a Brazilian guy. Uh, sorry, not a Brazilian guy. I think an Argentinian guy, and it resembles visually like Dino Blaster for me. It's um, nearly done. So I, I that's Bomberman, right? Yeah, for Bomberman, the... Dino Blaster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They got, I think, for, I think Dino Blaster is really a European uh, name for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The graphics look look really, really charming. Also, the animations look really incredible. You can go and see some uh, animated GIFs of it, and I don't know if it's the GIF itself, but it seems it moves a bit in like uh, loops. It moves suddenly, and then it stops for a little bit, and then it moves again. And it's, it's very particular. I'm really curious to test it. And I have written to the developer who is happy to probably come and talk about it, even if English is not his first language, he said. But um, it's not ready yet, but when it will be ready. I definitely encourage you all to have a look at it and you know, subscribe to his newsletter to see when it comes out and you'll be one of the first people to know about it. And I think that's going to be an awesome game for the NES. Yeah, I've seen it before. I think it's also a roguelike game, so it's like a permadeath thing. So when you die, then you have to start the game over. Uh, and it's like procedural generated uh, maps, but I'm not sure. But it really looks really nice. And uh, I was really excited when I saw it. And also, I think he was looking for a publisher or something to to publish his game. And I was like, oh, please find someone because I want to play this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to play it too. So I can't wait for him to be able to publish it. I think he was still tweaking it though. Yeah, we'll play test it for him. <laughs> just yeah. say it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he give asked Give it to me. us. Give it to yeah, us. <laughs> just give it to us. Just let us play. All right. I think uh, we have chatted quite a bit now. Um <laughs> I think we need to move on to the to the crux of the show. Game of today. Oh, Text Assist. Text Assist. It's a game for the Dreamcast, initially for Steam, but then converted to the Dreamcast, so it fits perfectly with our format for now. And it's a game about horror and exorcism. But I will let Diego take this one away and present the game um, as he usually does. Okay, thank you. So we're going to play and review for you today Textorcist, the story of Ray Bibbia, a game from 2020 by Morbiware. And the game is basically a so-called bullet hell, but with a fairly unique idea of combat mechanic, because instead of shooting, you will be typing with the keyboard as your main form of attack. And what you'll be typing is actually exorcisms, or if you want, let's call them spells. But essentially the game is a, is a series of uh, main fights or boss fights with some RPG in between with an overall theme of uh, fantasy or fanta religion a bit creepy, but there is also plenty of humor around uh, of, let's say, the subtle type of humor, not the gross type of humor. In more details, the, the mechanics of this game are based on the fact that during the battles, you'll be moving around your character to 
dodge these large amount of bullets, but you won't be able to shoot back. So it's technically not to shoot them up. The way to inflict damage to your opponent is to type really long sentences that make up your exorcism with the keyboard. And you can either see sort of more or less full sentences you're going to have to write on the bottom of the screen, or you can also just see word by word appearing on top of your head, which makes it, of course, easier to follow up your character as you also have to dodge everything. And then if you're hit, you get a first chance, you lose your prayer book. So meaning that you can't type unless you find a way to get it back, to follow it up and pick it up again the first time. But then if you get hit again and you haven't retrieved your book, then you start losing your life and eventually, well, you lose all your hearts and be dead. I think that uh, really the the key feature of the game is its unique control of your character. And I think it's important to know that you got different options out of the box to to play this game. You can play everything with the keyboard, meaning that you'll be controlling the movements with the arrows or shift plus, plus arrows and typing the letters otherwise. Or you can use the keyboard together with a controller, in which case you can dodge or move your character with the controller itself and type by the keyboard. That's up to you to choose which is your favorite. And there is also uh, another option just to play everything with the controller. But I think that kind of totally misses the point of the game and I would not recommend it because you won't really be typing. You'll be just pressing left and right buttons, uh, the front button of your of your controller to just hit the, the letters. But uh, I think it completely misses the point of, of the mechanic of the game. So it's an option I really don't think it should be recommended. So what is your recommended way of playing it? Well, my favorite was definitely the combo controller plus keyboard hmm. for some reason. But um, I must say that um, I think I'm a pretty fast typer on the keyboard. But that's because I, I basically do it <laughs> eight hours per day as a job. So I can easily type without looking pretty fast. Uh, but um, for some reason, switching between typing and moving the arrows was a little bit more uncomfortable for me than moving away from the keyboard with one hand and move the controller. I would rather do that, like have have the, the two uh, parts of, of controls separate onto different devices. Mm. It worked better for me. Well, <laughs> I struggled all the time with the controls. I, I, when, when I started this game, I, I thought, wow, this game is beautifully made. It looks super nice. The graphics are nice. The music is amazing. Um, I really got into the story. A really funny 
bits in there and I thought, wow, I really want to play this game. But I tried all control types and I, I, I can't just play, I, I can't play this game. I, it's just, <laughs> it's insane. I just need another hand. It's, yeah, but uh, sorry uh, guys, what, good... what platforms did you play on? Well, actually, I played on I played on Windows, mm-hmm. but I got it from Epic Games, not Steam. Okay. I got it on Steam. Okay, both Windows. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't find the Dreamcast version. I think that only released physically or correctly. Yeah, there was a limited edition of uh, 666 copies or something. Yeah, well, of course. And I also don't have a Dreamcast, so oh, right. that will be a problem. But yeah, um, I tried like the also the another option is just walk around with WASD when when holding shift key. Then and when you type, you let loose of the sh- shift key and then you type. But because of when your hands are on WASD, then it's on the wrong position to type because normally your um, index finger is on the F key if you type normally so it's really easy to totally get confused where where the keys are suddenly are so i changed it to esdf to walk around and it got a little bit better but oh man it's it's so it's i think it's also a really hard game so yeah yes i think that's by design but I, i i somehow didn't like that option even with asd uh w Yep, it, I, I didn't like any option. Okay. <laughs> but you, you are onto something when you said, I needed another pair of hands. So well, the not, question not a pair, is... Just one hand it would one be hand, nice. Right? Yeah, just three yeah. hands, that would be nice, perfect. But have you, have you tried play this with a friend? Or, I mean, I, <laughs> I employed one of my kids to test it that way so that uh, we would, for example, take take turns two people one with the controller focusing on dodging and the other with the keyboard focusing on typing that would be super easy i think <laughs> but you'd well, be wrong you'd be wrong <laughs> well um, uh, <laughs> i must say that on one hand when i was playing alone i thought it was going to be harder i've read lots of opinions before playing and people say that this was a killer it wasn't that much of a killer to me. It was hard, but not that much. On the other hand, I thought it would be easier in two, but it wasn't as easy as I thought. And I think maybe it's because, um, I haven't said it yet, but you need to be within a certain range from the enemy Mm -hmm. to be able to type the spells. If you are too far away, well, uh, you'll see that the, the formulas won't advance. And when there's two people playing, the one dodging, I think it has the instinct of moving far away because that means you have a lot more area to dodge. But uh, the person who is typing is probably keeping their eyes on the words trying to be as fast as possible you're not watching where the character is moving so what happened when i played with my kid is that he was often getting out of range 
and I didn't notice. And I was typing out of nothing and thinking I was moving forward. And then I had to go back and retype everything as soon as he got back into range. So overall, I thought it was going to be a breeze and it was not even with playing with two. Hmm. But, uh, but, um, but if you struggled in one person, I really suggest you try because uh, it's also a lot more fun. There's two people and... Uh, of course, you're gonna laugh together when you make mistakes, and I th- I think that's that was the best time with this game was when we split the duties. I guess it's yeah. From my uh, opinion, I think I think that's the only way I could play this game. But I f- I feel there is like a way to read the attacks of the the enemy that there's like moments to dodge and moments to type. So you have to you have to wait until uh, moments that there is not too many uh, bullets on the screen and then you can type away or something. I think there is some way to play this game, but I, I, I couldn't. I, 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 I beat two levels, like two bosses, and then the third, I, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I'd like to read one of the um, contribution that Pick sent in, he's played Texas as well, and uh, let's hear what he has to say. He writes in, I've given Texas a decent go on Windows. The graphics are superb and the soundtrack well above average, but I'm just not convinced the gameplay works. You really need an extra hand to play this properly unless you can move between cursors and typing without looking at the keyboard. You'll spend half of your time not even looking at the screen. I'm sure you could get there with practice, but the game makes you wait way too much for this to be any fun. The skipping through cutscenes barely works, takes ages and tends to only skip a couple of lines of dialogue. Then you have to wait for some animation, skip more dialogue, maybe wait for another animation, etc. It's infuriating and gives the impression that of a game that hates the player. I went back to have another go last night and after spending five minutes skipping dialogue, trying to get back to where I was, decided I just couldn't be bothered with it anymore. The dialogue itself is a bit tiresome as well, trying overly hard to be clever, funny, and not succeeding for me at least. If I could get more invested in the story, maybe I'd have the incentive to keep going. I came away with the impression the author wasn't using his first language, which may well be the case for all I know. At any rate, I really haven't enjoyed this one and I'm out. Looking at the fall off on Steam achievements, it looks like bailing after the few levels is fairly standard despite the positive reviews. Maybe the rhythm mode would be the way to go if the Windows version has one. It occurs to me you could play this in co-op, which would probably be very easy, but much more fun. I think this game will appeal to a specific group of people who like typing games for whatever reason, but personally, I've not got the patience for it, even as a novelty. And hopefully you guys will like it a lot more than I do. So that was Pix, which basically reiterates what you guys have been saying. Yeah, I think he said it was not their na- native language. And I've, isn't it made by Italian? I think it is. And uh, there is a lot of um, details about uh, Rome locations that uh, are pretty much a giveaway that this game must have been written by someone who lives there. I, I didn't. Uh, I really love the story. I, I really wanted to find out more about it, so I, I didn't have that complaint. Uh, but yeah, all the, all the other things I I have to agree on, uh, unfortunately. But I think 
that whether you are on the right track with this game, you should keep trying because you also had a right intuition over there that um, there is a certain rhythm with these bosses' fights. There are times when they give you a, a short break or uh, even spatially there are um, places that are safe and safer than others among all, all these yeah i noticed that you can just stand somewhere and then all the bullets just fly mm-hmm. uh, around you but you yeah. it won't hit you if you but you have to know um you, what you waves of, or what yeah, attacks yeah. And miss, yeah. i think that um, well many bosses don't really let you find one place, but maybe you can follow up the the way the bullets uh, flow on the screen and find that there's some area that you, you can't just stand, you have to move, but you can follow up the area. And of course, maybe you can't really type while you move, but uh, if you don't rush it, if you don't think you have to finish the boss as soon as possible, uh, you can find a better way. Because I, I think that my instinct was that, oh my god, I have to kill the guy as soon as possible. But there's no time limit. If if you could just take it a bit more slowly and dodge first, then when you find a good place or a good time, focus on typing and then stop typing as soon as it becomes too difficult and focus on dodging again. So maybe it requires a bit of patience, but uh, it, I think it, it's definitely playable. And uh, alone, I, di- I didn't finish the game. Well, I must say I haven't played that long yet, but I was able to beat five bosses, uh, not counting the first one. It's, it's really just... Um, a little fight to to understand how the mechanics work. So I went as far as the mm, former master uh, exorcist or something like that, the main character's teacher. And I think that was the fifth one. And uh, just playing alone, then I played again with my kid. So it is possible. Maybe the, the next bosses will be even harder, of course. Yeah, I expect them to be, but uh, so just take it easy. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think I, I wanted to be too quick. Uh, that's uh, well, that that's that was sure. my and Andy too. Uh, well, definitely. Andy, what did did you think about it? Well, let's say I've played on the Dreamcast as well. So one of the listeners had a copy and and lent it to me, and it was uh, very difficult. So let's start from the beginning. Personally, I like the humor, like. The priest, Ray Bibbia, which I think is also a name of a prison in Italy, Ray Bibbia, I think. But I'm Definitely. Not sure. Yes. Yeah. So there's a play on words there that may, maybe not many can, can get. But other plays on word, like they, he has a computer in his room and it's name, named Holy Vetti. And I think that was really funny, <laughs> but that's just my humor. Again, something that only Italian would understand, probably. I think Olivetti was also... In England, for example, I'm pretty sure of that because I have some screens and monitors that I've bought that are Olivetti, so I think they know. Doesn't ring a bell for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah. Well, uh, for widow's sake, Olivetti used to be 
the main, but perhaps the only real uh, big Italian computer uh, manufacturing company. At some point, it used to be quite uh, top-notch, technologically speaking, but then eventually it disappeared, I think, in the late 80s, early 90s, is the last time I've saw. But they used to make uh, DOS-based PCs at least up to the early 90s. Then they just lost the competition and disappeared. So there was these kind of references in the game that were, I think, I found personally quite funny. Some of the dialogue was a bit crass, if you ask me. It was a bit too much. But other than that, I think I quite enjoyed it. Now, a mechanic that was frustrating for me was when you actually lose the Bible and it falls on the floor, you have a certain amount of time before you have to start typing all of the dialogue from the start. So you have to really rush to get it when you get hit. Because if you don't, you have to start from, again, from the beginning, and it just becomes very tedious. So that was a bit frustrating. I started off on Dreamcast, and there are certain small puzzles to solve. You find a matchbox on the floor at the very start, and you have to go in on the computer to find out some where it's from. And on the Dreamcast, so keep in mind, I've been playing it on a, a CRT TV hooked up to the Dreamcast. I, the, the screen of the Holivetti was not really readable on the CRT. I could barely make out what was written. The font size was so small that I could not see what was written. But I did a bit uh, of trial and error until I, f I usually found the, the right option. This before, before seeing the Windows version. So that was a, a quite a letdown for me because I thought if they had done it like this originally, that was a bit uh, like a really bad <laughs> game design. On Dreamcast, you have a controller. You can use the bumpers similarly like Windows can. And what happens is that uh, the letter that you need to press comes above your character's head and then you have a, a drawing of two bumpers and these also have a letter on top and but only one matches the the main one that you have to type so you really quickly have to press the matching one otherwise you're out of time but i have also the keyboard on the dreamcast so i thought wow i finally one time that i can try the keyboard so i plugged it in and it's brand new but didn't seem to yield any results whatsoever so it didn't work it, I, I don't know if my keyboard was broken. It didn't look like it was broken because the system recognized it and all. But when I played uh, this game, I could type as much as I wanted, but nothing would work. So I ended up having to play with the bumpers. What? That's that's crazy. Is it even supported? The, the I don't keyboard? know. I know that this game was originally developed for Windows first, for Steam, and then ported to Dreamcast. Don't know how it came to be. So anyways, I played with these bumpers. And with the bumpers, I got to a certain stage, but then it started to become very complicated and I had to take it very slowly, very slowly. However, I got up to the third, no, the second boss. So I think that's the one with um, the Molotovs. And it takes a long time to kill a boss. You have to read ages, but anyways, after that, it froze, and I don't know if it's my lens or something, and it didn't work anymore. 
So I kind of gave up at that stage on the Dreamcast because I thought, well, I've gone through all this trouble and it's not working. Plus, there's another small downside that unfortunately I have to say. <clears throat> on the Dreamcast, you're reading it off a, a CD. I think it's a CD. And there's loading times for each screen. So if you go into the computer, it loads. It takes, I don't know, 30 seconds. And then as soon as you exit the computer, loads again. Then, oh, I did that by mistake. I have to go in the computer again and it loads again. And there's a lo lot of these scenarios here that it required loading more than I wanted. So that got a bit frustrating after a while as well, unfortunately. Now, I don't know the limitations of the Dreamcast, but um, I was hoping that that kind of could have been avoided, if, you know, and that would have made a bit more for a streamlined experience. You should think that the Dreamcast is capable of buffering some images, so it could buffer all the scenes and just, uh, yeah. So you don't have the loading screens, maybe only between stages, but not when you go into a different interface yeah. or something. That, that That's a bit strange, I think. But yeah, maybe because it's only a limited release, it's just more like an, uh, an collector's artifact than actually a good conversion of the game. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I haven't played it. Yeah, but, maybe you're right. Yeah. But the, the, the controller... Um, the controller uh, controls, like the, the the bumper controls, yeah, I don't know. I played it as well, and it's just a bit brain dead. I think it's just like you're pressing. You see on the bottom all the text, and you see all the the L and the R buttons above it, and you just keep pressing all those. Yeah, the the L and the R's, and it just didn't feel right for me. It was like this, this isn't this shouldn't be yeah. a game or something. It isn't meant to play yeah. like this. Well, from when I came from the Dreamcast, and then I gave up on it, really. I opened, then I got the Steam version. And for me, it was really oh, like a breath of fresh air because it wouldn't load all the time. It came with a slightly different intro. So you have, I think, the, the name written really big, and then it opens up. It looks a bit more modern in that respect. Obviously, it's a it's a Steam game, you know? so it it will be it will have all those aspects. The graphics were a bit better. It would it would be a bit more smooth. And um, I started playing there, and my God, this game is hard for me. It was really hard. And I just finished my piece um, saying that I did get to a certain point, and then by myself, but then. I had a quite tight deadline as well, so I didn't, couldn't really take it very slowly. So I asked my kids to join out of frustration as well. And with them joining, I had so much fun with this game that, you know, I haven't had with other games uh, uh, that, that, that we actually talked about. It was it was really fun with them. And it, it was we had two keyboards with, with Bluetooth and one was typing and then we took it in turns. And I think the best combination was my son was trying to avoid the bullets, which I'd like to talk about as well after this. He was driving and I was typing, but I wouldn't type by looking at the keyboard. I would type by just reading and typing. So sometimes I'd get the key wrong, but I could. the advantage of this was that when he actually lost the book, I could stop immediately typing. 
so it wouldn't go and do the mistakes. And then there was some clever gimmicks inside the game, I think. It was very well made in how they thought it out, at least. So there is a monster, for example, that throws vomit to you. And when your book falls in the vomit, or when your she vomits over you, then the all the writing gets all vomited over and you can't see what it is and it takes a while to actually understand it drips off i think that was brilliant that was a really cool idea i thought yeah there's there's others that awaits you i don't think you you reach that point but there's a monster that goes upside down and then your writing goes also upside down and that was pretty cool really open your eyes and think oh what letter is that but no what happened to me was i learned it off by heart then and I was typing it off by heart when I saw it. I knew what time it was and I was typing it off by heart. So I I found it really fun then. But the best results was uh, obviously with my partner. She's better at typing. So in two of us, we, we managed to to get not, not as far as you, Diego, but we got to the third, I think, where um, that, the nun that then makes your writing go upside down. And that, my God, is still very, very difficult. I want to spend one second to say as well that it's like a very professional bullet heller, if that makes sense, where you have a small hit point and you can dodge except that hot area where you have not to get hit, which is probably the center of your character. I recognize that quite immediately. So I was quite good at avoiding them, to be fair. Well, not so good to get to the fifth monster, though. So congratulations on that. Uh, Avoiding stuff alone wouldn't be a problem for me but in combination with typing and it's just your brain my brain couldn't handle it it's just like too you know, much. as a single player i i don't know how you can do it i i have no idea how you can type and and move at the same time in fact i would like diego you have to send a video because i want to see you do it by yourself yeah all right <laughs> Well, I got to that metal band, uh, the Saiton, uh, the Saiton uh, Beasts, I think they called. Uh, the, the play on the vegan. I, I, I'm, uh, that was very funny for me because I, I'm a vegan. So there was a lot of jokes about vegan food. and Oh, yes, stuff, the rock but, uh, band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was really cool uh, to see that. And uh, I got there and uh, with with just typing and walking around but i think that's just the third boss or something and i was really struggling with him so uh well it's it's really fascinating game they tried so hard and everything is so polished and it looks so great it sounds great but for me the the gameplay just doesn't work it's so unfortunate i i really want to like this game but i just I feel yeah. I feel a little bit of an outcast now because <laughs> I was expecting it to be hellish, but uh, I, at the end I liked it. I I liked the idea. Of course, that's very uh, groundbreaking. Although I think that might have been another game in the past uh, following the same idea, but I never really played it. I think some uh, also horror game, but. You have typing of the dead. Yeah, that's it. That's that. Yeah, but that's just typing. That's, just, that's way okay, easier. Okay. Is, so, so you're just instead of it's like uh, also on the Dreamcast, you just um, it's normally it's a light gun game. So you shoot on zombies, 
But instead of that, you see the zombies with uh, words above their heads okay. and you type the word okay. and then the zombie explodes. And uh, so and for uh, you don't have to do anything yeah. Yeah. Uh, except of typing. And much that easier, makes yeah. it so much easier than... Okay, I've never yeah. actually tried that. But now that you mentioned the name, yeah, I definitely recognize that was the game I, I, I had in mind uh, I, that I had heard about, but never really tried it. It's fun, but it's, uh, it's also on PC. I, I I must say I wasn't prepared for it. I was prepared for the game not to be of my liking, but eventually, I liked the gameplay a lot. Even though, well, I'm probably halfway through it, so let's see. The battles maybe are a little bit repetitive. There are these at least these ideas like the upside-down text that make them different, but let's see what's next. On the other hand, something that was maybe a bit disappointing was uh, the RPG part, meaning that I thought that was going to be more about exploration or even a bit more forks in the dialogues, but it's really, really very linear, the part between the battles that there's no challenge there. And maybe uh, you basically just had to move around your headquarters between the computer, the archive, the phone, the journal. But after a few tries, you find the clue which opens up the next level. And uh, nothing else, nothing else to do. And there was yeah, but it also doesn't waste your yeah, time. Yeah, that, that's true. Maybe I was expecting that it was more of a mix between RPG and arcade, but I would say it's ninety nine percent arcade. And in in these between parts, you even have to type commands to to do things to the objects, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think that it's not bad. It's kind of strengthen a little bit the feel of the game below about texting but uh, eventually there is always only one option per object so i felt like what's the point why do i have to type examine if the only thing i can do is examine it's really tedious A, one one button would have been just enough it would have sufficed and uh, even in the main menu of the game you have to Type yes. in continue uh, to mm, to start mm, the game, which mm. is pretty like yeah, why? Yes. <laughs> I think it wastes your time. It doesn't waste a lot of it, but it's still why? So why waste that little? You know. I agree with the peaks uh, when he wrote that uh, he found that there's too much text to read. Like the dialogues sometimes feel really dragging along. A too long for nothing. Yeah. Considering that you don't have any choice to make, you don't even have multiple answers. You just read and read and read. And uh, the the story here, I must uh, confess, to stay on the topic of, of the religion, <laughs> I must confess that because I only made it to half of the game, then I had to take a sneak peek at some long play on YouTube because I wanted to know what was next in the story. And uh, eventually the story is kind of nice, nothing particularly original. It's kind of nice, but 
there is so much to read, just to read in all the dialogues to hear all the story. And I think that was a little bit overdone, to be honest. I didn't have problems with that. So that's, that's funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a lot of problem with the gameplay and you have a lot of problem with the story. Yeah, that, so that's why I, I said I felt a bit of an outcast. And oh, and the last bit, and I'm sure you're going to shoot me for this. I sadly did not like the soundtrack. Oh. Really? Wow. Yeah, and I know. I, I read everywhere before playing this game, everywhere I read raving reviews about the soundtrack you can even buy the soundtrack it's even on sale yeah i actually want it's it. on sale <laughs> but uh i maybe i had wrong expectations but due to the theme i was expecting creepy dark tunes and yeah it is kind of dark but it's essentially techno like disco music yeah and uh, it's really a beat well I, I know that that's maybe me because Andy knows I'm a huge fan of music and it's easier to say what I don't like than what I do like. And what I don't like is rap and techno. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with so, that. Then. Yeah. And uh, I really had to turn it off. I, I, I wanted to hear it, but uh, usually after a minute in every battle, because it's it's the battle music that bothers me, not not the other uh, place of the game. I had to turn it off. I couldn't stand it. And uh, although perhaps considering that for me techno is maybe a, some kind of torture, I thought maybe that's the point. They want to exercise. That's, <laughs> it's a horror game. Maybe it wants to torture my ears a little bit. But uh, I I totally understand that. I am alone in this opinion because I've read everywhere people that they really love the music. So I'm sure that... It's just a matter of taste, mm. I think. But yeah, I really love the soundtrack of what I heard. I thought, well, uh, I want to have this soundtrack to just listen to and not have to play this game. Okay. <laughs> so guys, would you recommend this game? Yeah, I would definitely. But... Uh, not for the faint of heart, so not not for those who who want to have an easier time playing it. So, it uh, you know I like challenging games, and uh, I th I think this is even though it was maybe not as much as I thought, but uh, I would certainly recommend this game if you read the instructions and hear our reviews carefully. So you know what to expect. I also like really hard games, but the controls don't just don't work. So I I I I would recommend to take a look at this game because it's so original. It does a lot of new things I have never seen in any game. But unfortunately, it just doesn't work for me. So. If you're doubting, maybe just uh, leave it alone and play something else. Or you can find some redeeming feature in trying to use it for a trick and treat. Treat, or I'll have you play this game. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's the, the trick. <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe co-op is still an option. That would be uh, nice. So uh, maybe I can uh, give a controller to my uh, son and uh, 
play it together maybe then it's then it's better. and that's my 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 opinion on it is exactly that so i would recommend it only if you have someone else to play it with and then you're gonna have a nice time and then i think it was for me it was really fun uh, as a single player it's well out of my possibilities and i <laughs> i cannot do i cannot do that sort of stuff with one hand or two hands i i need uh, and especially one brain. I need two brains and I can only do one thing at a time. I always say that. But other, if you've got someone to play with it, multiplayer, well, it's not really multiplayer, but you make it multiplayer, you have two keyboards and um, stuff like that, then it's really fun. And then everyone's really, you can see the team effort. Oh, you can do it, you can do it. No, you lost the book. Everyone's, it's, oh, that's, that was really engaging for me. Well, this brings us to the end. I think we can say what we're going to play next, Diego. All right, thank you. So, next game to try out will be Magiduck, which is actually a freeware game for DOS platforms. So, you can play it using, for example, the DOS box on your Windows machine. Looking forward to test that. So, I think that was a recommendation from Pix, who wrote in today. He is a DOS guru and he's helped me get my computer running. So, yeah, I think it's time to wrap up. And thank you, Wido, for, for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, I'll be sending you that PayPal for those sweets I keep forgetting, but <laughs> I'll do yeah. that. To all the listeners, thank you very much for spending the time with us. It's very appreciated. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so on Discord and you can find all the details on our website, which is uh, www.newgameoldflame.com. Or if you're more traditional, you can reach out to us on email, uh, which is game at newgameoldflame. You can ask us anything and we'll read it on the show if it's appropriate. Retro Asylum is also very kind and hosts us on a channel in their server. So if you're hanging out there, please be sure to say hi. So a massive shout out to them again for being so kind and supportive. Don't forget you can send us audio clips if you want. You can do that by sending them via Discord or via email if it fits in the inbox, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, we're very, very happy if you want to participate and play along with us. Don't forget also that if you want to do that, the contributions need to be in five days before the show airs. So thank you very much. And Diego, I will see you next time. And good night all in this spooky, spooky night. Bye. Bye. In my ghost, somewhere I'm not haunting buildings, I listen to you, Gary.